And welcome once again, Marketing 3000 Marketing Principles students. This is Professor Carter. And as always, I'd like to introduce my lecture on this Anchor podcast with a nice theme song that indicates the essence of our message. And because we are now in the place element of the marketing mix, we are looking at how we deliver. And that's what we're going to do. So in delivery, we use what's called the marketing channel in the place element. And we quickly learn that the term place in the marketing mix does not refer to the noun place, although oftentimes the uninformed believe because stores as retailers are in the place element and stores are a physical place, the noun place, it is mistaken that the term place in the marketing mix refers to a place, a outlet. And although that is a part of it from the strategic standpoint, what the marketers are attempting to do when composing the marketing mix is address the verb place or placing, placement, or to place. The movement of valuable goods and service through channels and networks of distribution to place them in the marketplace, literally to move them from sources of supply to sources of demand from us as companies and providers to customers B2C and B2B. So we deliver. As we move now with this verbal narrative that aligns with the visual narrative of your textbook slides from MKTG5, we can start in chapter 13 looking at the initial definitions. And if you look at slide five of chapter 13, there's a definition for a marketing channel as a set of interdependent organizations that eases the transfer of ownership as products or services move from producer to business user or consumer. And that's what we're going to be addressing in chapter 13. It's instructive now because we are not simply providing this lecture uh, for understanding in general, but to support your final exam performance. Therefore, it is instructive that we now look at the final exam module four question concept table. And if you look at that table, you'll find for chapter 13, out of the 20 questions, there will be three questions selected from chapter 13. And the specific concepts that will be addressed are channel, in, channel intermediary functions, channel structure, and channel strategy decisions. Not the social dimensions of channels that will come at the end of the chapter, nor supply chain management that is largely addressed in chapter 14, 
and not global channel issues because we have prior we have previously addressed the global issues having to do with products and we have addressed the global marketing strategy issues in prior chapters so we will begin with channel intermediary functions and then move to channel structure and then channel strategy decisions but i will give a brief coverage of those elements to close the chapter even as you know, they are not required for the final exam. So after we get a definition for marketing channels, we quickly learn about these marketing channel functions, and they are grouped into three categories. The marketing channel is organized systematically to allow for specialization among the different channel participants, and we'll come to know them as intermediaries, as well as division of labor. And that means that you allocate the specific tasks and activities of different marketing channel participants based on their expertise, resources, and, and ability to specialize. So this is how the division of labor aligns with the specialization. Next, we'll look at how the marketing channel really is used to overcome natural discrepancies in the marketplace between where the value supplied originates, it could be a producer, a manufacturer, it could be a service provider, and where the value in the marketplace is needed on the demand side, customers. There are discrepancies that exist in the supply and demand of resources in the marketplace, and that's what marketing channel functions do. This is not merely the delivery uh, logistics or transport. It is the delivery facilitation through warehousing, as well as the delivery facilitation through logistical means of inventory management, tracking, and other digital uh, GPS services. Then finally, from the consumer standpoint, the marketing channel is expected to make goods and services available conveniently. And this is done through providing contact efficiency at the retail level. So let's get into these three aspects of marketing channel functions. First, specialization and division of labor, which I have alluded to, creates greater efficiency, provides lower production costs, achieves economies of scale by allocating the task uh, of specialty and labor activity to the marketing channel participant with the greatest capability. They are therefore able to do this and create economies of scale. It aids producers who lack resources so that they can contract with and incorporate into their marketing channel plan uh, marketing channel participants who are able to provide the resources in the distribution and delivery of goods and services. And then it builds good relationships with customers. That's important as the marketing channel is the way in which customers' needs and wants are ultimately delivered. So first for overcoming, uh, then as we look to overcoming discrepancies, as we have looked at the uh, purpose of the specialization and division of labor. However, we will return to specialization and deliver division of labor as we look at the specific 
tasks and roles of marketing channel intermediaries. But for now, let's look at the second marketing channel function, overcoming discrepancies. And this is a basic need in all economies. There is a discrepancy of quantity. We see this actually presently in the coronavirus situation where an abundance of needed resources and products are available in certain places so that medical equipment and medical supplies like masks and gloves and gowns are highly available in China where they are primarily manufactured globally. And they are not available in the same amount of quantity in the U.S., as a result, we are having to rely on the marketing channels with transport of planes, ships, and trucks, uh, to, as well as warehousing, to overcome the discrepancy of quantity between where it is in terms of supply and where it is needed in terms of demand. There is also a discrepancy of assortment. Sometimes the discrepancy is not in terms of just the amount of resources of products, but the types of products that are available. You can imagine that if we are looking at the fashion situation, there are a variety of styles, of jeans, of all kinds of apparel items, and the varieties, typically we don't refer to the sizes as assortment, although in extreme cases, different sizes of products can be regarded as assortment. But typically assortment has to do with styles, color, different designers that are available, that customers uh, demand, uh, but that are not presently accessible at the outlet, even an online retailer may be out of particular types and styles and designs. And so we have to rectify that discrepancy of assortment once again using the marketing channels functions through ordering, inventory, aligning delivery, as well as even into the manufacture and production of different types of products and resources. Also, keep in mind that these marketing channel functions pertain to all market activity, B2C, individuals and households, as well as the wide range of B2B, including government, industry, and nonprofit. Anything that's delivered in the marketplace has to use the marketing channel functions for that delivery to take place. So these assortment discrepancies of assortments, I gave a consumer example. However, it could equally be a manufacturer who needs certain materials, a certain type of plastic or certain types of uh, materials having to do with fabric in the manufacture of apparel. And they don't have the right fabric or the right plastics or the right materials to produce it. They have the quantity, but not the right type. And so that would also be an example of discrepancy of assortment for a B2B customer. Let's move more quickly then to temporal discrepancy. This happens in a variety of cases. It may be a, uh, a usual stock outage that the supplies at the particular 
place where it is demanded in the marketplace are normally there, but for whatever reason, there's a stock outage and they will not be available until a couple of days or next week when the next shipment arrives. That would be an example of temporal discrepancy. And of course, the delivery of that shipment in the marketing channel function is used to overcome that temporal discrepancy. However, temporal discrepancy is even more acute when you look at seasonality. If we look at in the months of December and January in the Northeast, in Boston and Connecticut, you might have a very short supply of swimwear. But in the Southwest and West, those swimwear might be continuously available because of the weather differences. In this case, the temporal discrepancy uh, of demand versus supply and availability in the Northeast could last for several months. And if someone wanted a swimsuit to go to an indoor uh, pool at a resort or spa, they would have to once again use the marketing channels to overcome that temporal discrepancy. Spatial discrepancy, let me just go back once again to temporal discrepancy as we shift to a B2B supply chain example. And I like to use the coronavirus situation because it offers valuable lessons for marketing principles. Temporal discrepancy can often last for years. If in fact the competencies for manufacturing a particular item, having the uh, uh, specific skills and expertise Uh, and employees with those skills are not available and it will take some years for those to be staffed up. And it could be that the resources are in very short supply. Uh, So things such as uh, diamonds, industrial diamonds for uh, cutting and fabricating and other what's called rare earth metals for uh, software and digital equipment, excuse me, for uh, digital hardware and equipment, not software, digital hardware and equipment. If those resources or skills and competencies take some years to ramp up, then the temporal discrepancy for industry could last more than a season. It could be several years, as is the case with medical machinery and pharmaceutical production in the U.S., for the United States that is being discovered during this crisis, for the United States to ramp up and not have a long delivery delay would take by some estimates 10 to 15 years for an appropriate uh, amount of individuals to be trained and actually be um, aware of the types of skills they have to perform and practice those as well as for the resources to be acquired on a continuous basis. So temporal discrepancy could be the uh, stock outage that we're used to at the grocery stores even more prevalently, prevalently now with certain basic supplies, dare I say, toilet tissue. Uh, it could be the seasonal period of temporal discrepancy or in some industrial cases, it could be years. Now, moving to spatial discrepancy, spatial discrepancy is probably one of the most readily recognized 
reasons for a marketing channel. And that is supply is available in one location, but it's not available in another location. Or it's available in a concentrated market where demand is concentrated, such as a major city, but you may have just as much demand in uh, states such as Idaho and Wyoming and Nevada without having that demand concentrated. So there could be a discrepancy, whether it's based on specific geographic location, East Coast, West Coast, Australia, UK versus the US, or it could be a spatial discrepancy based on the degree of concentration of demand in the marketplace, where there's high concentration in urban areas, products and services are available, but where there is the same amount of demand, but less concentration in rural areas, covering larger spaces, there may not be as much supply available. Hopefully that gives you a good understanding of the four major discrepancies that marketing channels overcome. Let's now go to the contact efficiencies. The contact efficiencies basically mean that for households and end consumers, and to some degree also for business customers, it is better to have an outlet or distributor, and we, for households and individuals, regard that as the retail function. And that retail function really provides the best contact efficiency and convenience for consumers when it sources the manufactured products and brands themselves, the retailer does that, and puts it in their inventory so that customers can come to one outlet, one contact in the market, and obtain access to multiple different brands and manufacture supplies. And that's what's meant by contact efficiency. It occurs most vividly for B2C individuals and households, but it is also a factor for industrial business and government distributors as well. And when we say government, the tendency is to think about the federal government. But keep in mind, government customers, B2B government customers exist at the state, local, and municipal county level as well. As we move then from the overview of the marketing uh, channels functions, let me remind you that we are talking about marketing channels for all delivery in the marketplace, both brick and mortar physical delivery and click and order. Because regardless of how much you purchase online or by mobile app, ultimately the physical product is still delivered through a physical channel. There are direct applications of the concepts that we will be covering in chapter 13 to services as well, and specifically digital services. Because although we see the online web ordering and mobile app ordering experience as from the web to us, there are a variety of digital technology, hardware, software, Wi-Fi, uh, cloud uh, companies 
that form their own channel, whether it's routers and interaction or transaction processing technology like PayPal, these all connect also in a chain, and that word chain is an official term used in marketing channels, supply chain, demand chain. Uh, there is a technology chain in digital service markets as well. So the concepts we talk about in chapter 13 are applicable to digital service click and order, uh, but we will not make those direct applications. I just want you to know as we discuss them, you can reflect upon the fact that there is also a technology chain. It's not owned by one company. Amazon does not own all of the technology that is linked together in the supply and demand chain, even of digital services. Netflix does not own all of that technology to deliver uh, the streaming service to customers. There are a variety of companies that are connected in a network to facilitate the delivery of digital services. And the way in which they are interconnected is parallel to the way in which brick and mortar physical uh, delivery companies are connected in the marketing channel. And that's what I mean. There is a direct application of the concepts in chapter 13 for brick and mortar firms to the digital economy, even for digital services that don't involve physical delivery of physical products. Keep that in mind just for your understanding. But for brevity, we will not address specifically those digital service content applications. Given this nice overview of the marketing channel's functions, let's move more specifically into the intermediaries that will compose the marketing channel structure. And these intermediaries and their functions further elaborates the specialization and division of labor that is part of the marketing channel's function. So we're going to continue the specialization of tasks and activities and division of labor among marketing channel participants. We'll call them intermediaries. But as we're learning about these intermediaries and their functions, it is also beginning to build and develop the marketing channel structure that will flow into. All right, so channel intermediaries are the intermediaries that are between the producer or manufacturer and the ultimate consumer. And we will separate these discussions for B2C first and then address B2B second. So these intermediaries include retailers, wholesalers, specifically called merchant wholesalers, and a variety of agents and brokers that are used to facilitate and help to customize the distribution between producers to wholesalers or wholesale distributors and from wholesalers to retailers, a variety of agents and brokers. Sometimes the agents and brokers are between the producer and manufacturer and the distributor or wholesaler. And sometimes they are between the distributor or wholesaler and the retailer. And I use these terms distributor and wholesaler to let you know 
distributor is a common phrase used to describe wholesalers and wholesalers basically provide bulk distribution as distributors. Now, let's move forward and we see that one of the basic differences between retailers, merchant wholesalers and agents and brokers is that retailers take title to the goods. They own those goods and they have the burden of the cost of those goods until they're sold to the customer, consumer. Merchant wholesalers take title to the goods from the producer and they have the cost burden of those goods until they're sold to retailers. But agents and brokers do not take title. They merely facilitate. Let me just quickly elaborate again on the role of agents and brokers. Many of us may not have had a talent agent as in sports and entertainment, but we certainly may have had an experience with a real estate broker. And the real estate broker is an, it attempts to help us as sellers that would be like a producer find the best buyers rather than just generally go into the market uh, looking for buyers. The broker or real estate agent or broker will uh, specifically use their knowledge of qualified uh, home uh, prospective home buyers to guide us towards specific prospects and improve the facilitation of the sale of the house. On the other side, the same function of facilitating the marketing channel function is operating when the agent or broker operates for the real estate buyer. Instead of simply going into a market and looking around or going online and looking at all the available properties, the agent or broker or even these days the software or uh, analytical apps that are used uh, for online real estate searching, either the human or the digital uh, a function, reduces the overall market of property to those that best fit our needs and allows us, therefore, to be more efficient. And that is the same uh, in the marketing channel, where for retailers uh, and even wholesalers, agents and brokers will help them find, help wholesalers find the right producers that they are looking for and help retailers find both the right producers and distributors. So give you some clarity on the role of agents and brokers who do not take title in the marketing channel as intermediaries. We now begin to look at this specialization uh, and division of labor within the marketing channel as we find the different factors for selecting the type of wholesaling intermediary to use because different types of wholesaling intermediaries perform different specialized functions or a different is a division of labor. And those uh, wholesalers can be determined based on product characteristics, buyer considerations, and market characteristics. And that would be our slide 14 in chapter 13. We can see, depending on the nature of the product, complexity of the product, gross margin of the product, product characteristics, frequency of ordering, time between uh, orders and re uh, receipt re requested by the buyer, and the number 
these are buying care buying considerations and the number of buyers or concentration of buyers and those would be market characteristics depending on those it would suggest the type of wholesaling intermediary to use including whole merchant wholesalers versus versus agents and brokers who perform who could perform a wholesaling intermediary function for retailers but would not take title. And so you would decide whether you would want to use a merchant wholesaler exclusively or a combination of merchant wholesaler and agents and brokers based upon the product characteristics, nature of product, complexity of product, product's gross margin or expensiveness of project of, of product the buying considerations, frequency of ordering, time between order and requested receipt, receipt of shipment, and the market characteristics, number of buyers and concentration of buyers. We can then see that the specialized channel functions performed by intermediaries can be further divided into transactional functions, logistical functions, and facilitating functions. The transactional functions, including contracting and promotion, negotiating and risk taking, the logistical functions, the physical distribution, the storage and the sorting and the facilitating functions, researching and financing the flow of goods in the channel. They go into a specific definition on slide 17 of logistics, the efficiency.